Welcome to Joe Picks, an NFL team. In this podcast, Joe, abandoned by his San Diego Chargers, is evaluating all 32 NFL teams to find out who he should root for next season. This week, we're going to the land of 10,000 lakes, where we'll explore the first team named after an entire state, the Minnesota Vikings. Jeff, hit it. Chargers fucked him over, wasn't that mean? So now he's starting over, picking a team. Joe makes the ratings, but Dan does all the work. Woody visit, Woody cheer each and every single year. Are the fans an angry mob? Root with them, but not with Rob. Drink the city's local booze while you wait for Joe to choose. Joe picks an NFL team. Our first podcast with the new intro as the new intro. Amazing. It feels great. This is getting very, very professional. It feels almost too professional. That's my well, concern now. Let's try and bring that down a few notches with the conversation we have. I'm sure every minute after this. But you know what, Joe? <laughs> We're zooming through this one. The Minnesota Vikings. What a team. Such an exciting team. I, I just want to jump right into the excitement, but well, what are we drinking this week, Joe? This week, I, because you are choosing not to drink, am drinking mead, which I've never had before. Have you had mead before, Dan? I did not know what mead was, and I don't think I've had it before. Okay. So mead is one of the oldest known alcoholic beverages dating back to, they found it traces of mead in pottery from 7,000 BC. It's a long wow. time ago. So mead is a basically fermented honey and water. It's like a honey-based drink. Uh, and the reason why I chose this for our drink this week is that mead is like the drink of choice in Norse mythology for the Norse gods and um, the drink of choice in the book Beowulf. All these stories, of course, are about what we now call Vikings. Hmm. So uh, mead was a Viking drink. And I thought, if we're talking about the Vikings, let's go real old school and drink mead. And uh, I never tried it before, and I'm glad glad we're trying it. Well, you're trying it. I'm drinking something right now. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Great. Mead. So the VIP poll from last week, we asked the people, which gate was worse? Bounty gate, spy gate, or deflate gate? Did you, did you look at the result? No, I voted right away with my own opinion. What do you think the fans selected? Probably because of the Patriots hate that is in the world, I'm going to guess Spygate. Well, Joe, you would be incorrect as, as per usual. <laughs> really? They said, they said Bountygate. 55% of the super VIP fans selected Bountygate. 36% said Spygate. And 9%... The uh, the third party candidate of our uh, of our poll, Deflategate, sub ten percent. Even after last week, my my vigorous on air defense of the wrongdoing in Bountygate, people still voted that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I also in our our last poll question, is Rob a dick? Got about three times more responses as this one. So I think it's possible that our audience just doesn't care about any football related things. So I think maybe right. it doesn't even matter what these people voted for because they didn't care. No more football-related questions. I mean, the other the other possibility is that Rob voted like 10 times that he wasn't a dick. 
which is very very possible it's not it's not the easiest poll to uh to hack if you want to if you want to <laughs> submit a lot of uh votes but anyways that's that for last week the book is closed on the gates bounty gate very bad you know this week we'll see what poll question comes up unless you've got one you've got one right at the beginning no not yet not yet but it'll come all right now jumping right into the fan mail so this week last week bonanza fan mail this week not as much which is good you know you can't have too much fan mail every week so this week we only have a couple including from super fan jay jay with his response of the entire episode (laughs) jay the falcons fan right but before we get to him we've got to reopen the book on the green bay packers because we have got a Green Bay Packer fan, like a real Green Bay Packer fan who has a bunch of feedback about the Green Bay episode, which still is our most popular or our most listened to episode to date. So the Green Bay, Green Bay is just liquid gold. Yeah, I mean, we may just have to shift this to a Green Bay podcast just for the uh, pure pure listener. Every week, you know, the, the team will change every week, but the title of the podcast will just be Green Bay Packers. So hopefully by the time they realize that, We just do our five-minute Green Bay check-in. You know, now it's time for the Green Bay corner. Let's go, Dan. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. It's a long email, so brace yourselves, everybody. This email is from superfan and VIP fan Ryan from the VIP Lounge. So we know he's, uh, he's a major... He's been around the block, yeah. Hey, guys, you said you wanted feedback, so here you go. I discovered the podcast from the Packer Reddit page and love the episode on the Packers. Here are some thoughts. One, excellent analysis from Tony about the draft. Very happy the Packers traded down for a few spots for a free fourth round draft pick. It was sad to see the defensive strategy yet again, and I'm always blindly optimistic that it'll work out. So there you go. Shout out Superfan Tony. Good job, Tony. Nice analysis. I I know the feeling of, of like that. Well, you know, the last five years we've taken cornerbacks, it hasn't worked. But this time, this guy, yeah. have you seen Have you seen the, the YouTube clips of this guy? <laughs> right? I mean, like it's got to work eventually, right? <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, the Browns and quarterbacks are proving that it may never work. But yeah, sure, yeah, eventually. it's true. Two, if I remember correctly, both Sean and Rob aren't from Wisconsin. You guys are missing the perspective of a Packer fan who has lived in Wisconsin his whole life. The culture I have been exposed to compared to Rob is a big difference. The entire state bleeds green and gold and are very accepting of anyone who wants to root for our beloved pack. The biggest way this impacts your rankings is through the division. The Packers have intense rivalries with both the Vikings and the Bears, including the longest rivalry in the NFL against the Bears. If you live in the state, you will absolutely despise the Bears and the Vikings. Even when they are bad, we will still hate the Bears and Vikings with everything we have. The Lions hate us too, but they're kind of just there. (laughs) Our division isn't the best, but these rivalries make for six great division games to watch each year. This is really like, <laughs> that's really just reopening the whole book on that, that section. But yeah, it is true. I mean, I think you ranked it highly, didn't you? Yeah. I mean, actually for, for that exact reason that there are a few other divisions that have fierce rivalries like that. I yeah. Mean, yeah. You gave it an eight. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's a fair ranking. Your suffering will be welcome here. We're not too bad. I don't even know what this the ordering of this email is coming from, but it's like he's got them numbered, but the numbers don't correspond with your numbers. So it's very strange. Your suffering will be welcome here. We're not too bad except for the 70s and 80s laughing stock Packers, and we're not too good since we haven't cashed in on Rodgers enough. Look at the year we lost to the Cardinals in the playoffs. Rodgers did his thing, got us to overtime with the Hail Mary, and then we lost it two plays later without Rodgers taking the field. 
and the year of the fail Mary. I still have bad dreams about that. Both heartbreaking. Yeah, that was against the Seahawks. That was pretty fun. I was at that game. Oh, I was what? actually physically oh at God. that game. That's amazing. And it was the replacement ref game. And yeah, it was yeah. just, I mean, it was one of those things that um, they didn't show the replay on the Jumbotron. So we, we all thought like, what, 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 like, what an amazing play. And then as you start to like trickle out of the stadium, you, you know, they have like the TVs on or whatever. And you're like, oh yeah, that was a fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that they were like, the NFL is like, we're going to get away with these replacement refs. And then it's just, it blows up in the most perfect way possible in the major primetime game. Was that, that was Sunday night football? That was, that was, it, it was either Sunday night or Monday night. And they also messed up where they didn't have the um, Seahawks kick the extra point afterwards, which apparently you have to do. So then everyone left and they had to bring all the players back on to kick the extra point <laughs> after. So like players, so people were just milling around and like coming back from the locker room. The whole thing was such a mistake. And, and that was like, as a union guy, I was like, could not be more delighted. And like, yeah, that's right. Fucking replacements aren't as good. Yeah. Scabs. All right, back to the email. Visiting Green Bay equals a weekend of nothing but football, beer, cheese, and the legacy of your new favorite team. The trip is worth the whole weekend to immerse yourself in the culture. Yeah, I'm in. It sounds like fun. For every Latroy Guion on the Packers, there's also a Jordy Nelson, whose charity softball game raised tens of thousands of dollars for charities and that the whole team took part of. Also, we should have gotten 10 points for ownership because this team will never, ever move, and that's what drove you from the Chargers. And we don't have an owner, which solves the whole problem of having the owner potentially be a monster. In regards to shareholding, oh, he's got the details about this. All shareholders Uh have voting rights, an invitation to the corporate annual meeting, and an opportunity to purchase exclusive shareholder-only merchandise. Oh, my God. What a a deal. So if you get a share in the Packers, you do get to, like, vote on who the president is stuff, and you can come to the annual meeting. But I guess, uh, you know, maybe your vote probably will be... As insignificant as it is in the uh, presidential elections. Why did Rob not know that? I don't know. He, I mean, he's an owner. He's really got to read read these contracts better. Yeah. The history of the team is undoubtedly the greatest in the NFL. They have the freaking Lombardi Trophy named after the greatest coach. We have a strong tradition of winning. All right. Uh, okay, we get it. And then, and finally, I can't call Rob a dick because he's a fellow Packers fan and love him for it but he's a borderline dick for liking every team that he should hate. The Seahawks? Really, Rob? Joe, you sound like you would be a better Packer fan than Rob, and that would make him extremely angry, which would make you very happy. You also have a fellow great Packer fan in Tom to enjoy the games with, and Packers fans are everywhere because we truly are America's team, not those pesky Cowboys. It's a, it's a great point, and I, I actually appreciate that I could immediately get status as a better Packer fan than Rob. I, I think it's, I mean, it's clear. The, the Wisconsin fans are, have already endorsed that. Well, thanks for the email. That's good. Great feedback. Yeah. He says he's uh, super fan. Ryan might discover his second team from the podcast. But one thing we know very clear is it will not be today's team because he hates them. But that's well, fine. We, we, we need to make sure that Ryan and others keep the Packer feedback coming for next week's installment of Packer yeah. Corner. What do Packers think? About whatever. All right. And now here's what we want. What did Superfan Jay think about our episode? Hi, guys. I very much enjoyed the last episode. I am, however, somewhat fearful that there could be an Aints fan lurking outside my door at any moment. But let's get real. I could probably just give him some change and he would go away. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, it was difficult to listen idly by as Joe was led into peril by Jeff's admittedly alluring siren song. Well played, Jeff. I wasn't expecting such a worthy adversary out of an Aints fan. As a Falcons fan, it is not something we're used to. Anyways, I hope that with a little time, the effect of the spell will diminish and that Joe can forge onward with his odyssey. My biggest... Jay is a real wordsmith here. (laughs) My biggest takeaway from the episode is how sorry I feel for Jeff. This man is clearly a man of character and immense jingle creation talent. I want to like him. I want to buy the man a beer. Unfortunately, I don't think that I could ever manage to do so due to his sorely misplaced NFL fandom. What's more frustrating is to remember that it all happened by random chance. Out of all the garages and all the towns in all the world, he walked into Carlos's. <laughs> How unfortunate. Carlos sounds like fun, but he also sounds dangerous, much like the city he's chosen to cheer on. <laughs> Don't be fooled, my friends. Carlos, not even once. Fuck the Saints, super fan, Jay. I feel like Jay and Jeff are meant to be friends, and our podcast is possibly bringing them together, Dan. Yeah. At first, this is an incompatibility, like it would never work. But now, you know, it seems like Carlos is still a little bit on the outs with Jay, but it feels like Jeff is working his way in bit by bit. Absolutely. Every time that Jay hears that jingle, he's going to like Jeff a little bit more. Yeah, it's a great jingle. But you know what? The book on the Saints is closed, unless uh, you've got some fan feedback from them. Fairly lackluster. The Reddit page was fine, but it was just very quiet. It's a very small Reddit page. If Jeff or other Saints fans have feedback on other places where people might like the podcast, it just, you know, wasn't a lively place like the Green Bay page yeah. or the Falcons page for that matter. My gosh. Yeah. Wow. You know, when it when it comes time to uh, make battle in the Sweet 16, that tepid response, but at least it's not a negative response like the Cardinals. It was a negative. No. Okay. So that's fine. But the book on them, the book on the Saints is closed. We've got, they will get their opportunity to continue on. But now we switch over, opening the book on the Vikings. How this is just going to be so exciting. I know, I know we've got, it's not just a city here. It's an entire state, much like those Arizona Cardinals. We've got so many people. This is a swing state. And there are are 10,000 lakes, Dan. I know, 10,000 lakes. It's not even over 10,000 or about 10,000. They're giving you an exact number of lakes. It's incredible. I don't even know what the difference between a lake and a pond is, but I'm sure somebody figured it out. I feel like if you have 10,000, I feel like you're calling some ponds lakes. (laughs) At that point, you're stretching the definition of a lake. That's definitely a lake. That, yeah, all right, that's a lake. That medium-sized puddle, we're going to call that a lake. Yeah, well, you know what? They've got to bring in the tourism because I'll tell you, Their sports teams in Minneapolis aren't doing so hot. But you know what? We'll get to that at the end. To start with, what does Tony say about the draft? Tony says, you have to factor in the Sam Bradford trade here since that is the reason they didn't have a first-round pick. Sam Bradford is the magic eye of franchise quarterbacks. If you gaze long enough, franchises will see one, but it's actually fleeting (laughs) and not really there. Delvin Cook was drafted to help the running back committee replace Adrian Peterson, and their third-round pick was a center. Really, they don't take the next step until Bridgewater emerges or there's a franchise quarterback at the end of the Bradford Rainbow. I thought Bridgewater is like hurt again and missing the whole season, but frankly, considering this is a Vikings podcast, I probably should have done that research, but I did not. So we'll, for the remainder of this podcast, Teddy Bridgewater, 
might be playing for them, might not be. I don't know. Well, and I think we just brought down that professionalism peak that we reached when the jingle was playing is now back down to our to our norm. Yeah. Well, the one thing I know is that one of the other sports podcasts I listened to, one of the two main guys is a Minnesota fan. And I know that he went from like buying all of his children Teddy Bridgewater jerseys to now I think it, he he expects that Bridgewater will not play for the Vikings again. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's what I'm basing it on. Anyways, let's do this. Let's just jump right in. Number one, you don't want a team that's too good or too bad. The Minnesota Vikings have Super Bowl odds of 25 to 1. They've been to the Super Bowl in the past four times, and they have won exactly zero of those. They lost in 1969 to the Chiefs. They lost in 1973 to the Dolphins. They made it the very next year, only to lose again to the Steelers in 74. And then they made it two years later, only to lose in 76 to the Raiders. They're over under for wins this year is eight and a half. So, you know, they're predicted to be an over uh, 500 team. And in the past 10 years, Joe, win percentage, top third, middle third, or bottom third? I'm going to guess bottom third. Playoff wins. Bottom third. And made the playoffs. Bottom third. All right, Joe, you are starting this one off with a bang of getting zero out of three. (laughs) Because the Minnesota Vikings are the, I think, probably the first team we've done that are middle of the road in everything. Their win percentage is 50.3%. They've literally, their winning percentage is 80, 79, and 1. So they are as close to 50-50 as you could get, if not for that pesky tie, which puts them at 18th, so squarely in the middle third. They've won one playoff game, which on its own puts them in the middle third, and they've made the playoffs four times, which puts them squarely in the middle third. So they are squarely in the middle for playoffs and win percentage they are at the right peak top of the or or bottom of the middle third for playoff wins with the scant one but there you go so that's um sort of their results you know in the last if we look at the last two years they won the division in 2015 going 11 and 5 last year they started out hot i think they started out 5 and 0 or something and then um were really terrible the rest of the way and finished 8 and 8 missed the playoffs yeah you know i think it's it's nice to be talking about a team again that have not won a Super Bowl. We we've, we've gone on a little streak of talking about only Super Bowl winning teams and have a lot of Super Bowl heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, no, I feel I feel back in my wheelhouse talking about a team that hasn't won it yet. So, if we think about the the too good category, okay, they're definitely not too good. And sort of this is morphed into a category where we're thinking about what it would mean if the team won the Super Bowl. And it would be pretty freaking exciting for Vikings fans if they won the Super Bowl. They've never won it before, but they're, you know, have this long history as a team. And um, yeah, so they're not too good. The too bad makes me a little bit nervous just because of the quarterback situation and the Sam Bradfordness of it. In addition to, you know, that their record over the last 10 years is just one of complete mediocrity. Well, I mean, it's not mediocrity. It's just complete middle of the roadness. I mean, they're yeah, just a 50-50 that, That's what mediocrity means, right? I mean, they're they're completely middle of the road. Well, um, mediocrity is like the Cleveland Browns. No, that's no, that's 
that's ineptitude. Mediocrity is like boring middle. But mediocrity, the word is mediocre. Mediocre is like bad. That's not like no. Average. Mediocre is like like middling. No, middling is middling. Mediocre is bad. What what does the what does the the prefix med mean? Yeah, well, it means middle, but that's I mean I guess. But mediocre definition of only moderate quality or not very good. Oh, synonyms: middling, middle of the road, average. Uh, unexceptional unexciting damn lackluster but you're you're cherry picking dan (laughs) you're cherry picking i'm gonna read the first four ordinary average middling middle of the road uninspired well joe yeah i i i admit defeat (laughs) you win all right uh I'm, i'm i'm shamed they're mediocre and well now now i'm just I don't know how that exchange makes me feel. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Disaster. <laughs> uh, let's put the hard hat on. Just keep pressing on. Number two. What do you think about the division? We covered this division for the Packers. You gave it a nine out of ten. I think earlier in the podcast is it an eight out of ten, but you gave it a nine out of ten. Wow. Uh, you know, we've already covered all the deals and we had all the over unders and everything for the Packers episode. So I mean the the important thing for this is i guess the vikings so the packers are you know 65 percent favorites to win the division but the vikings are second at 20 percent. so they've got a realistic chance of winning the division i think they won it last year or, or two seasons ago and the packers have won the other four times in the past five years but you know 20 percent chance of winning the division so yeah um it's i mean what we said even earlier in this podcast it's a good division good rivalries great history i do think that there is so if you're in this division within this division the packers bears is like the title fight and anything else is definitely the undercard right so um but the bears are terrible now but you're certainly historically right right but like rob as a packer fan and we haven't gotten to them yet. His most hated team is the Bears, even when the Bears are bad. Yeah. And I would bet that's true for all of our Packer listeners. Maybe we can address it next week on Packer Corner. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so the Vikings are, look, it's a good division, but I think just from the Vikings standpoint, it's a little bit less exciting. So yeah. let's say seven and a half out of 10. All right. Yeah, it's still a good score though. Absolutely. Absolutely. Number three, does the head coach meet a minimum threshold of competence? The head coach is Mike Zimmer, who wrote a world put squarely in the mediocre part of the <laughs> the thing at number 15. So um, wrote a world says an NFL coach since 94 Zimmer paid 20 years of dues before getting a shot. He's been as advertised, fielding great defenses while providing leadership, both fiery and cool. His problem, of course, there's some problem in the mediocre middle, is the quarterback position. There aren't enough fraudulent Sam Bradford records in the world to hide the fact. Zimmer is going to do his job. It's just a matter of time if he can find the right people to run the offense. Norv Turner wasn't the answer. Pat Shermer almost certainly isn't either, unless he can produce top three play on his side of the ball. 
Zimmer's tide is unlikely to raise Bradford's boat. Okay, so based on this, Zimmer's clearly must be a defensive coach. And, you know, there's we'll get to that in a little later, but their defense has been very, very good. Um, and to his, to the point of this Roto-World thing, which obviously knows all this, their defense was not top three last year, but it, it was very good. Um, but basically, that's the point. The offense sucks, very good defense, and part of that has to be blamed on the head coach. How do you think it feels if you're Sam Bradford and there are articles about not even about ranking the quarterbacks and it's just taking shots at you? Well, they traded so much for him and he's, I mean, I guess it's not his fault they traded that much. I wonder if they went to him and they're like, should we do this trade? He's like, no, I'm not that good. Right. And you should be pissed rightfully. I mean, getting that much traded for you doesn't increase your salary by any amount. Yeah, yeah. It just increases the expectation and it increases the fan disappointment if you aren't amazing. Yeah. And that was like a notably bad trade at the time, too. Yeah, it was like everybody, it was this overreaction. Bridgewater gets hurt and they're like, oh, no, our defense is so good. And it's like, well, defense might be good, but it's not good enough to win a Super Bowl. And then, I I mean, I don't know what they're expecting. Sam Bradford coming in without knowing the playbook and all of this. Right. Meanwhile, now Colin Kaepernick can't get a job anywhere. Yeah. It's like, you know, bad quarterback, but you need one in an emergency, trade away a bunch of draft picks, but like, God forbid he take an unpopular political position. Yeah. No, t- no, <laughs> we it's won't a swing, do it. It's a swing state, Joe. Can't, can't <laughs> be taking those risks. Still like the number one selling jersey, though. Um, all right. Yeah. That Roto World thing doesn't really seem it doesn't seem like it's Zimmer's fault that they have shitty quarterbacks but I think their point is he's he's hiring the offensive coordinator and I think you know we we've talked about this with other coaches you're the head coach your job is to hire the coordinators and if they're not doing a good job find one who can do it and thus far you know according to this I mean they're, they're putting him at 15 so he's obviously not in the bottom you know section but they're knocking yeah. him for that and mentioning norv turner is is going to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> inevitably give well both of us gonna give both of us ptsd you know, the real question is how many teams like how many fans hate norv turner because it might i mean both of our teams hate norv turner i guess probably vikings fans hate him too i mean who could who likes him we got to get norv turner on this podcast yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know if he has a job anymore he must can one of our super fans make that happen yeah. Uh, okay. I think, yeah, this is middle of the road. This is, let, let's just say five out of 10. All right. Five out of 10. Five days, but I'm mad now. Yeah. I'd kill you if I had my gun. Yeah. Well, you don't. <sighs> All right. Sh- there you go. I should have, I should have said five and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. All right, Joe, this is, we are going to break all speed records with this podcast. Number four, do the players get in trouble with the law? All right, Joe, let's play the game. Top third, bottom third, middle third. You're, well, no. we can change it to top third, mediocre, or bottom third. <laughs> this is – see, now Now I wonder, what do you think I meant all this time when I was kept referring to our podcast as mediocre? <laughs> mediocre? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm thinking of mediocre as the not very good. You, when somebody says not very good, that sounds to me like bad. It doesn't sound to me like middling, though I understand that both middling and bad are like... Not very good. Yeah, they're both equivalent to not very good. You just have high standards. I do, Joe. 
What was the question? We were, oh, top third, top third, right? In terms of incidents. Yeah. Wasn't there like a whole like sex yeah. boat thing? Yeah. Yeah. Top third. Okay. You're right. Top third. So the sex boat thing is notable for in a one day period, four separate people were on the crime blotter in one day. And so the sex boat thing happened in 2005. An alleged sex party occurred on Lake Minnetonka with 17 key members of the Vikings football team, according to quarterback Dante Culpepper, cornerback Fred Smoot, you know, dot, 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 a bunch of other people. Basically, they rented a houseboat, then they hired prostitutes to come on the houseboat and do a bunch of, you know, crazy shit that happens when you hire a bunch of prostitutes on a sex boat. You know, you could say, oh, people will just have fun. They could do whatever they want. Well, the sex boat, I don't know, got pulled over by the police or something, whatever. And three players on the team actually got charged with something and either pled guilty or found guilty. So Brian McKinney pled guilty to disorderly conduct and being a public nuisance, as did Fred Smoot. Mo Williams tried his luck in court and lost and was found guilty of disorderly (laughs) conduct. So. Both we've got a couple of pled guilty. We got a couple of, uh, or we got one guy that lost in court. All right, so that happened. They're not look. They get in trouble for everything. They get in trouble for DUIs. They get in trouble for. I mean, they're number one, uh, and they're number one in over the whole history of it, and they're number two overall if you look in the past five years. So it's like they clearly are just getting in trouble all the time. But the the player highlight. Well, you know the problem. You know the problem, real quick, with the sex boat thing. Just before we move on to the player highlight, which I'm gonna guess what that is. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, you know the problem with the sex boat thing is they're in a boat in a lake, so there's no they can't go out to international waters. Yeah, <laughs> that would have solved every problem that they had. Wait, but what if the lake were like half in Minnesota and half in Canada? Then they can just go. Yes, and then who owns the lake, Joe? Well, and you know. You know, on that, on a map, you, you, you see like a, like a red line dividing it. If you can get your boat right on where that line is, you're technically in neither place. And that's the international waters version of, of a lake. Yeah. Or you could just keep going back and forth. Like if one side is trying to bust you, both countries have to coordinate. And with the way we're treating our allies right now, I just don't see that happening. Absolutely. As a lawyer, I can say you're totally safe if you're doing that. Okay. But anyways, so that, I mean, that happened. I, I can imagine our fans saying right now, oh, that was 12 years ago, whatever. Okay, fine. Let's just take your star player, your star running back, Adrian Peterson, you damn Vikings fans, beats his children with just, I mean, I, you know, it's horrible. He beats lots of children. He has lots of children. He beats them with different things. He, like, comes out and is, like, defending his beating his children because he... Whatever. He has whatever childhood experiences he has. He has whatever he can have. He can feel however he wants about it. But in our society, we don't like when big, strong people beat their children and like leave bruises and stuff. So any is what happens. Well, he starts a 2014 season, plays game one. Five days later, in the middle of the week, he's indicted on the child abuse charges. So what do the Vikings do? They deactivate him for the week two game. And they're like, all right, Adrian Peterson, we got to see what's going on they lose that game to the new england patriots so now the question is well what do we do with our star player you know we've de- deactivated him but we really need him because he's really good 
So the Vikings say, you know what? He's been sitting for a week. Let's bring him back. He's learned his lesson. And they release a statement where they say he's been reactivated to the team. Today's decision was made after significant thought, discussion, and consideration. As evidenced by our decision to deactivate him from yesterday's game, this is an important issue. Dot, dot, dot. To be clear, we take very seriously any matter that involves the welfare of a child. At this time, however, we believe this is a matter of due process and we should allow the legal system to proceed. This is a difficult path to navigate, but our focus is doing the right thing. We believe we are at a juncture where the most appropriate next step is to allow the judicial process to move forward. So they're like, you beat your kid. We need you on the field. Get back in here. Let's wait for the the courts to do their job. But no, says the NFL. And the NFL steps in and perhaps seeing the optics of him playing, they put him on the like, you know, commissioner personal conduct list. And at the time, they say it's an indefinite suspension, but it ends up being a suspension for the rest of that season. So he played in game one, doesn't end up playing again. This is due to the NFL suspension, not due to the Vikings. And what happens the next season? Well, the NFL takes him off the list. The Vikings don't care. They play him. He has a great season, you know, nearly 1,500 yards, 11 TDs. He's great again. And then in 2016, he's playing again for the Vikings, but gets hurt early in the season, tears his MCL or something. And now in the offseason, he has been uh, signed by the Saints. So there's clearly the Vikings didn't give a shit about the optics issues. And I mean, he played for two more seasons with them and then the Saints don't seem to care. So, uh, you know, take that what you will. Yeah, I mean, this... This category, Dan, as we've evolved this podcast, has kind of morphed into two things, right? It's both what type of behavior has gone on on the team and then how the team responds to it. Yeah. And the Vikings are doing poorly in both categories. But they they have players that are doing terrible things and they also don't seem to give a shit. Like... The weird thing about the Adrian Peterson thing to me, well, first of all, it forces me into the position where I actually agree with something that the commissioner did, which I don't like I and know. I don't appreciate. Terrible. Um, secondly, it was very, if, I, if I'm remembering, it was the same season or maybe, maybe the season after the whole Ray Rice thing. And it's like, didn't like even if you're just being crass and cynical and saying that this is all about optics, like didn't Minnesota learn anything by how poorly that was handled? Yeah. I mean, I think the difference is of course, Ray Rice at that time was like a replacement level running back. And Adrian Peterson was, you know, this unbelievable guy at the peak of his powers who was like the entire offense was built around him. So, right. But there has to be, I mean, okay. But the whole point of this category is, there has to be something that goes beyond the stupid game of football, right? Which is like, that's why to bring it back to the Falcons, like it's a good example. I mean, yeah, Michael Vick had a massive dog fighting ring. That's not good, but he, he was as much, he was more the star in Atlanta as Adrian Peterson was in Minnesota. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yet they were like, Nope, we're done with this guy. Yeah. And that's honestly what the Vikings probably should have done. 
I mean, this look, is how not, can you defend the Vikings in this category? Yeah, this is, there's is not, nothing good here. Yeah. I'm going to say half a point out of okay. 10. Which is the lowest yet, and I think fair. Oh, it's not the lowest yet. Look, the, the half point, they only get the half point because their quarterback is not a serial rapist. The uh, Broncos and the Giants have zero. But anyways, number five, can't root for a team Rob roots for. Well, we, we know already that he must hate this team. Got to be n- number 27. That's my guess. So Rob puts the Vikings at his fourth most hated team. Uh, what is that? 20... 29th. And that is where he puts, he puts them as the, the team right above his cutoff when he says everyone else is sort of like he ranks them, but it's sort of ambivalent. Yeah. So they're his... On one hand, you could say his least most hated team. Uh, he says the Packers, big, the Packers' biggest rival after the Bears, except without a winning tradition or desirable city to fall back on. Their fans Ouch. are cut from the same upper Midwest cloth as the Packers. Now, wait a second. Wait. Rob hasn't been to Wisconsin. Like, wh- how does he know? How is he rating the place that we know he knows nothing about? Well, he hasn't been to wisconsin but maybe he's been to minnesota and maybe he just hates it there but that would be even worse (laughs) their fans are cut from a similar upper midwest cloth as packers so probably decent people but they seem to be obnoxious about their team without any right to be but didn't wisconsin vote for trump and minnesota vote for clinton yeah that's right so i don't know rob yeah and minneapolis is like a pretty like cool place right Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk sure. about it later. Sure. Yeah. Well, so look, Rob hates the Vikings. If I rooted for the Vikings, you know, we could probably do a lot of shit talking. Yeah, That's a good thing. Two, two games a year. You have a big rivalry. I mean, this is the first team where like, obviously the bears and the lions we haven't done yet. So if you were a fan of this team, two out of weeks out of every NFL season are going to be a huge rivalry with you and Rob. Right. Right. But the Packers beat the Vikings a lot. Yeah. Except for the Vikings so beat them without rough. that game last time where it was like whoever won, won the division and the Vikings yeah. won. Look, Rob hates the Vikings. They're low on his list. It's his favorite team's rival. Eight out of 10. All right. Eight out of 10. Vikings are doing pretty well. Number six. Is it a city you would enjoy visiting to go to a game? So... The city is Minneapolis. I did my token research. The number one spot is the Minneapolis Institute of Art, which, according to the reviews, it's very, very highly reviewed. It's free, it says, which, if true, is amazing. Great. It says they've got a lot of, like, wonderful classic art, you know, whatever. People like it. It's great. Love classic art. art museum. Great. Number two, it's a big... Going from high culture to low culture, number two is the field that the twins play at, Target Field, mm-hmm. which, you know, maybe it's nice. I don't know. Number three is Minnehaha Park, uh, you know, just nice lakes and waterfalls and stuff. Number four is the Guthrie Theater. I don't know anything about it. Number five is the Chain of Lakes, which I assume has something to do with lakes. Number six is Lake Harriet, which is a lake. <laughs> and number seven is Lake Calhoun which is also a lake. So if you're looking for lakes, eight of the top 10 are lakes. 
Right. I mean, that's just. It's actually the first of the first 10,000, like 9,954 of them are just the listing of the various lakes ranked. I mean, Dan, I think I'm about to throw down a pretty hot take. I don't care for lakes. (laughs) I'm not a lake guy. I don't think I don't think it's a hot take on the uh, spice meter. Uh, that's like uh, that's like a jalapeno take. That's of yeah, but not but not like a ghost pepper take. Oh, it's not even close to a ghost pepper take. If I think of my favorite bodies of water, I think I prefer rivers, the ocean, yeah. bays, yeah. fjords, yeah. all to lakes. Isn't a fjord a type of bay? Well, yeah, but it's distinct enough that it gets its own category. And I like saying yeah. fjord. All right. I mean, yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to go to Minneapolis. Mm. You're not. E- you're not even going for the Super Bowl, which is next year. What if the team you pick makes it to the Super Bowl? Which the uh, I'm not sure if it's this year or next year, but a Super Bowl is going to Minneapolis, which is going to be fucking crazy. If the team I pick makes it to the Super Bowl this season, I'm definitely going to find a way to go. Oh wow. Just wow. as, I mean, as a culmination of our podcast, we will it record an episode. It might be in Minneapolis. Hold on. Let me just double check. Super Bowl. So it's in Houston this year. Oh, that's easy. Houston, you can get to. Lots of airports. Ugh. And then next year, Minneapolis. And you know, I love Houston because I get to go to that space well, museum. You, if you were a Texans fan and they played in the Super Bowl in their home stadium, that would be, Ugh. I mean, what a what and a all my new start. friends from the Texas... Texans yeah. Reddit page. You would go there. They'd pick you up. You know, the hotel is right next to the stadium. Oh, my God. Look, Minneapolis is one of those places. And this is not a knock on Minneapolis. This is this is my life and where I live and where I travel to. If I am going to Minneapolis, it's because I picked the Vikings and I'm deciding to go there for a game. And I think, like our email earlier today, I mean, I think Green Bay is a better Example of that. It's a better place to go just for the sole experience of going to a game. Yeah. Three out of 10. All right. Three out of 10. Number seven. Does the team have player players you could put on your fantasy roster? So they had two 25 to 30 ish range wide receivers, Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen, whoever the hell that is. Both of them were around 900 yards, you know, a few touchdowns, whatever. You know, they're exactly what you're expecting in the 25 to 30 range. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen, I guess his claim to fame was in the week 16, he put up 44 fantasy points. He had a ridiculous game. So if for whatever reason you were in your fantasy championship game and you had this no-name scrub, Adam Thielen, you probably won. And that, you know, lucky you. They had the second best tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Although, as I said, the tight ends didn't have a particularly great season, but 83 catches, 840 yards, 7 TDs, you know, second best tight end. And they had the number one fantasy defense, though the first five weeks were, like, ridiculously good. Like, they were in double digits for the first five weeks. It was great. And then the whole second half of the season was, like, good, but, you know, not, they had some, some dud performances mm-hmm. in there, but... First, mm-hmm. if you had them for the first five weeks, like you got your money's worth out of them just for, for those for those games. So that's it. You know, quarterback obviously terrible. Running back just a bunch of scrubs. 
you know, maybe they'll have somebody better this year or they drafted or whatever, but that's what you're getting. This is a somewhat lackluster category for the Vikings. Mediocre. Pretty mediocre. And um, also, you know, I drafted Adrian Peterson last year and spent way too much on him and really got Mm. burned by that. Yeah. Well, that wasn't entirely It's not really the Vikings' fault, fault, but... I mean, he got hurt. Yeah. The problem is that it's not just that they're not a lot of great players, but, you know, watching a whole Vikings game rooting for Stefan Diggs to get some catches is like... The more we talk about this, the more I'm inclined to like the teams that have at least one sort of marquee player, either a great wide receiver, great tight end, great quarterback, great running back. And this is not, they're not getting there, though they do have some value, but. Um, I'm sure also the most frustrating thing is probably like Stefan Diggs is open and then it's like, well, Sam Bradford just misses him or Sam Bradford <laughs> does something stupid. Like the fantasy teams, like if you've got Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, you might get annoyed that. They're not throwing him the ball, but you're not going to be annoyed that like the that guy was capable open of throwing him the ball. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I do like the potential for owning the defense because we talked about that. And I'm, I'm kind of convinced that I've never rooted for a team with an ownable defense because I've been a Charger fan my whole life. Yeah. Um, but I'm convinced that that would actually be a really fun thing because it gets you, you're just rooting yeah. for the team, basically. I mean, they point. were you're, the number one scoring defense. Right. So, right. Right. So that, that's that I think puts it up there. And, Honestly, if I were a Vikings fan, that would be the the thing that I would be most excited to own for my fantasy team. It's still not that exciting. Because the cool thing about a defense, though, to your point, is that you can't guarantee you're going to get Adrian Peterson. But if you really want the Vikings defense, just like put them up first and just going to be like, yeah, whatever, $6 or whatever at the most, like you'll you'll get them. And you could be that jerk. You could put them up in like the second round just to fuck with everybody. And it's even exciting when the team is on offense because you're you're rooting for sustained drives. You're rooting for eating up the clock. Like yeah. you're always, you're never rooting against your own team's interests or for like the weird threading the needle of I, I hope they score, but they get it to the one yard line first. So my like backup running back, whatever. Yeah. You're not doing that whole game, yeah. you know. Uh, um, you are doing it though whenever they get an interception because they had so the league leader last year had eight defensive touchdowns minnesota had seven so they had the second most but it is like whenever your team gets interception like the difference between the guy running in for a touchdown or getting tackled <laughs> in the one yard line is so it's, many that's points right. <laughs> that's right um yeah i think i think the defense would be fine i think everything else is pretty lackluster three and a half out of ten all right three and a half out of ten number eight is the owner a monster the owner is Ziggy Wolf. He is a German-born real estate developer. He is a Jew. His net worth, $5 billion, made it in real estate. Both of his parents were Holocaust survivors in uh, Nazi-occupied Poland. So just that. So that's the good. <laughs> the bad is the stadium deal is... So MarketWatch did a top five list of worst deals that cities have given to sports teams. Minnesota is on the list with this new stadium they are building. So they formerly played in that stadium, the uh, whatever dome something, Metro Dome, I guess, Astro Dome, mm-hmm. some dome. Mm-hmm. And then the dome like collapsed in some snowstorm and it became unplayable. So they're like, we need a new stadium. So Ziggy Wolf was like, I'm moving the team to Los Angeles unless you build me a new stadium. And... Minnesota, you know, really wants to keep their team, 
gave him this deal where it's a billion dollar stadium. The taxpayers are paying for half of it, which is $500 million, which is the second most taxpayers have bit, have paid for any stadium. What else? Ziggy Wolf on August 6, 2013, Ziggy Wolf, along with his brother Mark Wolf, were found liable by the New Jersey court for breaking civil state racketeering laws. They kept separate accounting books to fleece former partners of shared revenue. The presiding judge noted that Wolf had used organized crime-like tactics to commit fraud against his business partners. The judge awarded the business partners $84.5 million in compensatory damages, punitive damages, and interest. So you've got a guy who threatened to move the team to LA, uh, you know, took 500, got the, forced the city to chip in $500 million for his billion dollar stadium. And he has been accused and convicted of civil racketeering laws and had to pay back over $80 million in damages. As previously discussed on this podcast, I'm not a good lawyer, but it's so interesting to be found liable for civil racketeering, but not have criminal charges brought against you. I don't know. um, I mean, I, I, I don't know enough about racketeering as a charge to know like how that would happen. Um, the $5.3 billion net worth might have had something to do with that. Yeah, that probably helps. That, that, that probably keeps you out of jail, um, unless you really fuck up. I remember when the Chargers were in their whole like dance of trying to move to LA slash get a new stadium in San Diego. It was always the Rams, Vikings, Raiders, and Chargers that were being talked about as the potential LA teams. And... It's sort of it was weird as a fan because on one hand you're rooting against teams getting public funding for a stadium because it's because you want them to move to LA because then the Chargers will stay. Right, right. But then but then you're also rooting for another city to go through the pain that you don't want to go through. So it's like and like I don't you know the the I don't deserve that any or like a Minnesota fan doesn't deserve that any more than I do. Yeah, it's just weird. It's like the San Diego people are like, no, we're not screwing our people. And then the Minnesota people are just like, all right, whatever. We are screwing the people. Right. And as far as we know, Ziggy Wolf never wanted to leave Minnesota, but he just got what he wanted by this like specter of of um, of moving there. So, yeah, it's almost um, it's frustrating because it's almost like he's a more adept Spanos, like he did what Spanos wanted to do. Yeah. I think Kroenke, his his end goal was moving the team to Los Angeles. He wanted to yeah. do that. Yeah. He got what he wanted. I I don't think that Spanos is living in his ideal world. His ideal world was getting a huge publicly financed stadium in San Diego, or it was getting his own stadium in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I don't know enough about Ziggy Wolf, but it seems like he's he probably got his ideal scenario, a huge very expensive stadium that he's paying very little for. Yeah. And it's like hosting the Super Bowl next year in this like massive billion dollar stadium. I think if you're an owner, especially in like one of the northern like weird states that doesn't host Super Bowls, the fact that he's getting to host the Super Bowl in his stadium, like, I mean, I think that's like in the owner party, like that's what you're making fun of the other owner. Right, right, right. I don't like how this went down. The racketeering makes it worse. <laughs> that's not it's not a good look. I'll give Ziggy some extra Jew points, but this is a four out of ten. 
Four out of ten. That's a lot of Jew points. Wow. Two Jew All points. Right. It would have been two out of ten. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. His his parents are Holocaust survivors. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. I, look, Joe, it's your you you pick. You can give as many Jew points as you want. Look, you survived the Holocaust getting a stadium. It's a good deal. Yeah. Well, it's parents. Whatever. <laughs> Number nine. Rate the uniform and the logo. So they are two things. If we we can deconstruct their name in two parts. One, they are Minnesota. So they are the first pro sports team ever to name after the home state rather than the city. And so they did this when they became uh, an expansion team, which I think was in 1961. And number two, they're the Vikings. Why are they the Vikings? Well, the general manager at the time when they joined the NFL liked it because it represented an aggressive person with the will to win and the Nordic tradition that is uh, popular in the northern Midwest. So, boom, we're a Viking, and you know there's some sort of tradition in the northern Midwest. I've never been there, so I couldn't tell you, but there you go. So, that's there, the Vikings. Yeah, I like the uniform. Well, I like I like the purple because I think it's like it's distinct. They're the only purple team, right? Yeah. Well, the Ravens yeah. have purple, but yeah, yeah, but they're like a different purple. But okay, so. <laughs> They're, they're one of only two purple teams. Right. The Vikings are the only Vikings purple team. They're the only team with that exact shade of purple. Yeah. I like that the helmet isn't the logo. It's the horns. Yeah. It's a good helmet. Really, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I... Um, I mean, it'd be badass if the helmet actually had real horns on it. Though that would <laughs> give them cool. an unfair advantage, probably. Well, it or might be a disadvantage. disadvantage. Yeah. You grab the you horns like, and yank yeah. them down. Yeah. It could be um, dangerous. I don't know if I care for the guy. He kind of looks like he has like bad posture or something. I don't know what. Um, yeah, but as a as a logo, a Viking. So now we're comparing. He he gets entered into the pantheon of like badasses, right? So yeah, you got the Viking, the Patriot, the Buccaneer, yeah, the the Saint, the Texan, the. Yeah. What else are we talking? The giant, well, Giants mythological. Okay, now we're out on the Saints though. Saint is bad. Buccaneer though, that's Saints the worst. Up. And a Viking versus a, a Buccaneer. Okay, they're both seafaring. Yeah, they're both um, aggressive. Yeah, you know, I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tough fight. I think you know that actually that might be an interesting poll question because I'm thinking I'd put my money on the Buccaneer because I feel like. The Viking I'm picturing is like bigger and stronger, but I feel like the Buccaneer will just do whatever it takes to win, where I feel like the Viking might have some sort of honor or something. But I feel like the Viking lives in like a rougher time period. Like they had to go through a lot. And let's just be clear. We're taking the question of of, of weaponry out of this. Like the Buccaneer had guns and the Viking didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not counting guns. I'm, I'm talking about open to open like combat you maybe each of them has a right. sword or something the viking has like a right. hammer or something i don't know what the viking has yeah but each yeah. one gets their chosen hand weapon yeah this is a good question i think the viking wins i think the buccaneer wins i mean we got our poll question right there buddy all right but why do you think the viking just because they're just it's more rough and tumble they're where they're coming from yeah i think i think they were surviving the bitter cold you know they're out there on like like they well, wait, were, where they is were, this fight taking place? This fight is taking place in like an open. It's not like Sub Zero Arena. It's but just I don't like think a it normal arena. I, think, I think it's like how the Broncos have an advantage even when they're not playing at home because they've trained in these terrible conditions. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. So because the Vikings, I'm sure, like the boating technology that existed 
with Buccaneers made 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 seafaring a lot easier. I mean, no, I'm I just think saying, by a factor of like a thousand, like they had sails and stuff. Yeah, I mean, Vikings were basically like, I mean, they discovered America. Well, I mean, they didn't really discover America because there are already people here then too. But like, they were in America long before Christopher Columbus was. They're pretty badass. I think yeah. the Viking wins. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you make a good point. Like, I think the Viking gets his arm cut off and he's like, ah, I don't care. I'm used to the cold. I'm used to not having an arm. But I just feel like the Buccaneers are going to fight dirty. I think the Buccaneers got Buccaneer some tricks up craftier. his sleeve. Buccaneer would for sure be craftier. Um, I don't doubt that. I mean, it's an interesting... I'd, be, I'd pay money to watch it. I'd pay more Absolutely. money to watch a Buccaneer fighting a Viking to the death than I would to watch a Buccaneers-Vikings football game. We should both pledge right now, if either of us ever get access to time travel technology... We can use it for other things, but the first thing we'll use it for is to set up this fight. So we have to travel back to the time of the Vikings, convince a Viking to come back with us on a journey through time, yep. and go onto a pirate ship, which is already going to be a dangerous proposition, then convince yep. one of the Buccaneers yep. to come back yep. on the time travel thing. And then they've gone through this massive time travel adventure. Yep. What is the first yep. thing that happens? It's a fight to the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but they're doing it but they're doing it for honor they're doing it for yeah. the honor of their people yeah i mean it'd be good i guess if they win that they're now just like in time and they're like probably super famous and the greatest historical badass absolutely yeah yeah that's interesting all right we'll keep it we'll write that one down for things to do in case of discovery of time travel technology <laughs> first thing to do and on their way to fighting each other they get to kill a saint they get to yeah. kill a Texan. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of pre 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 glory to be had. We could throw the saint in the matchup just to see like <laughs> people could bet on how many seconds. Like the saint is like praying or something. Not gonna work. How many seconds before the saint gets disemboweled? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we, we have our poll question too. We shouldn't talk about saints happening. They're good people. We we are a nonviolent podcast. We don't endorse any oh, violence absolutely. of any kind. But. These were very violent people, and so the saints were very violent people. You're saying? No, I'm so well. All right, let's just move on. I don't want to talk. Don't want to hurt like any of our. What did you rate it? What was your score? Oh, I haven't rated it yet. Um, oh, oh. I mean, I don't really remember what I thought about it, but let's say uh, six said, and a half out of ten. You said you like the you like the name, and you like I, based on your description of it, I thought you'd go higher, but I guess not. I forgot most of the description. Seven and a half out of ten. Seven and a <laughs> half. Right. I, that's better. Uh, number ten, do they play a style play you'd enjoy watching? Well, once again, I did no research on it, but I mean, what else do you need to know? They're, Sam Bradford was a quarterback. They're terrible on offense. 26 in offensive DVOA, and they were the ninth best defense by DVOA. So, you know, bad quarterback, bad offense, good defense. It's not our first time. Although this is like a complete inverse of the teams we we're talking about last week but it's certainly not the first time we've talked about this uh breakdown yeah the broncos the broncos were uh were similar to this which you gave a two yeah they don't have north turner anymore which is great that helps them in this category <laughs> look it's a bonus point <laughs> i mean i think i think that like the the deep fan thing to say is to like be like you know i just i love the smash mouth defensive struggle and like you yeah. know the offense like that, that, that's not how I feel. Like I'm actually, I, I, I prefer watching a team like the Washington football club to a team like the Vikings. Yeah. Um, 
even if the record is worse for the Washington Football Club, um, which they're, I mean, actually about on par. But yeah, no, this is not, this is two out of 10. Two out of 10. Yeah, same as the Broncos. Yeah, it's an interesting point because, of course, I watch the Washington Football Club games. The tough thing is it sucks when your defense sucks, but even if they're down 14, it's like, oh, we can come back from being down 14. Like, we need to, we just score a touchdown and we need to, like, get a turnover. Like, that's the only way the defense operates. But the modern NFL is geared towards being the most fun when your team is driving down the field. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I think that the point is with the Vikings, if they somehow get down 14, which they don't often, it's just like, well, we're fucked. And, you know, you know what are you watching? You're, you're having to sit there. I actually want to revise this score. I will say there is something fun. I'm going to say three out of 10 because there is something fun. Not that that is a big difference, but there is something fun about watching a defense that can score. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the Vikings are like counting on their defense to score. Like that's part of their offensive plan. Right, right. And even a defense that can score and does so more than most, it still doesn't happen that often. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, so the defense had seven touchdowns. How many touchdowns did Sam Bradford have? So Sam Bradford had 20 touchdowns. So the defense had over (laughs) one third of the number of touchdowns as Sam Bradford had. That's That's tough. That's tough. All right, three out of 10, number 11. What is interesting about this fan base? So this fan base has some very interesting things going for it. I, of course, as we've brought up a million times, am a fan of Washington, D.C. teams, and you are fans of San Diego teams. And what do we both have in common? Well, San Diego has been 51 years without a championship, 108 seasons. Washington, D.C., 25 years and 88 seasons. But, oh, Washington, D.C., oh, cursed place, Minneapolis is worse. So Minneapolis has been 93 seasons. They're not worse (laughs) than San Diego, but they are. So Minneapolis has four teams. Washington, D.C. has four teams. Minneapolis, though, obviously, every year that goes by, they add four. So Washington, D.C. can't catch Minneapolis, but Minneapolis will pass San Diego as the most losing longest streak ever in like five or six years if they go without winning because you're now just down to one team. So Minneapolis, I mean, since 1991, just listen to this. The Twins win the World Series in 1991. Since then, the Twins have only made the playoffs six times in 25 years, and they lost in the first round the last five of those. So the first... It's the first time they won one game. And then the last five times they've made the postseason, they lost in the first round. The Timberwolves have missed the playoffs the last 13 seasons, which is insane because in the NBA, like over 50%, 16 out of the 30 NBA teams make the playoffs. Yeah, you have to be really bad. They have been really bad. And even when they were good, when they had Kevin Garnett, in the entire history they only won a playoff series one year. In the entire history of the Timberwolves, they've only won a playoff series one year when they actually won two playoff series in a row. And then what happens? They win two playoff series. Things are going great. The team's on the rise. Kevin Garnett leaves the next year and goes to Boston. Brutal. Or they trade him. I don't know what the hell happened, but whatever. He's gone. So then the Timberwolves right back into mediocrity. Vikings... I've never won more than one playoff game in a season, though I would say the Vikings are probably, if you're a Minnesota fan, 
that's what you're the most depressed about because you know the Vikings have had some good teams that you know should have done better than they did I mean that Randy Moss team like they should have won that but they never made it to the Super Bowl you know since those ones a long time ago mm-hmm. so the Vikings I would say have had the ability but they have under you know performed in the big games and their hockey team they lose their hockey team in 1993 I don't know what happens to it but then seven years later they get a new hockey team the Minnesota Wild but the Minnesota Wild haven't won more than one playoff series in their history so basically this is a team that has the longest drought of any team with four full teams and it's not like these teams are even getting close to winning I mean right the Timberwolves and the Twins haven't made the playoffs in forever. And, you know, the Viking. obviously, I don't think the Vikings are huge Super Bowl contenders, you know, this year. And, you know, their hockey team probably is your best chance for getting out of the slump. But, I mean, it reminds me a lot of Washington, D.C., but this is a very accursed fan base. That's brutal. That's pretty brutal. And um, I don't know if it's better or worse that they haven't been coming close. Yeah. I actually often do think about this. Like, is it more painful to have come like, like who has more sports pain? If that's going to be like a measurable thing, the Falcons fan or the Vikings fan? Yeah. I mean, I I think about this often because as a Washington, of course, has this massive drought as well. But Washington, you know, throw away the NBA Obviously, certainly in the modern era where if your team doesn't have LeBron James or Golden State Warriors, you have no chance. And, you know, throughout the NFL, the Washington football team or the Washington, the Washington Nationals have been the number one team in Major League Baseball. I think two out of the last five or six years, the Washington Mm -hmm. Capitals have had the best record in hockey. I, I mean, multiple times in the last like 10 years. And so it's like. Minnesota, the teams aren't even getting close. Like maybe the Minnesota Wild are. I, I can't say I know enough about them, but certainly they have no teams that are seemingly showing any life. I mean, most of their teams aren't even getting to the playoffs. So then you're kind of like a one man test case for this. So which teams do you feel more pain about? Do you feel more pain about the Nationals or do you feel more pain about the Washington Football Club? Well, having watched. Like the Washington Nationals playoff games are the most stressful thing I've. It's it's too hard to watch. Like those games, the the amount of stress there. Like after the Nationals lost, I wish they had just never been there to begin with because it's mm-hmm. so oh, frustrating. And they lost for sure. in the most sad ways. So the thing is, the Minnesota teams are just never. They're never even close enough to feel that. So and and that's the thing. Like the Washington. Wizards were like really good this season. They were ascendant, but it was like, I know they're not going to win the championship, but it's like the Nationals and the Capitals legitimately could have won their respective championships in the years they were in the playoffs and didn't. And they've certainly the Capitals have had a chance to win the Stanley Cup 10 years in a row and they haven't. And I think when they don't do it, it's worse than if they didn't even if they didn't. No, I agree. I agree. I felt more pain in the years that we were, that the Chargers were one of the best teams in the league and and legitimately probably should have gotten a Super Bowl out of that 10-year stretch uh, than I do 
in the years after it and before it where we were terrible. But if I was to bet who's who has a what city is going to win a championship first, I've of course bet on Washington D.C. and I think that is we're accepting more pain, but there's also the potential for right, right. happiness that I think Minnesota at this point doesn't. I mean, obviously the Timberwolves are actually quite on the ascent. I think the Timberwolves are going, you know, t- tons of young stars. Um, so that's a pretty exciting team, but you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think there's actually, um, this is actually like a very philosophical question about whether or not hope is good or bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, uh, all right. On the fan culture. Look, I certainly feel a connection with fans that have a long and sad history of losing. So I'm, yeah. I'm on board with that. I think, um, but I think compared to other teams, there's not that distinctiveness that I think, uh, you know, we've, we've seen with other teams. So I'm going to say five and a half out of 10. Yeah. It, it's actually a good point because I, I bet if I asked people like what city now, and the thing is Cleveland, before they had lost, like Cleveland has the all-time record of like 150 seasons or something. So like both the Washington DC, which is, you know, at 88 and Minneapolis at 93 are like nothing. Yeah. The all-time highest was Cleveland at 145. So that's almost, it's like almost double. So that's clearly something, but you know, you're San Diego, you're at 108. So it's like, you got no, so San Diego's drought is the second longest in history. So uh, but it's just Cleveland is just so far and beyond everybody else's that it's weird that I just don't think people would think of Minneapolis as a team that's as, you know, accursed as it is. Whereas, um, you know, for Cleveland, obviously, it's just like the defining characteristic of the fandom. <laughs> All right, number 12, Joe. How was that mead? So when you hear fermented honey, I was expecting it to be thicker. And actually a little bit sweeter. It was pretty sweet, but it was also like a little dry and crisp, like a mm. cider. Interesting. Um, it was pretty good. I recommend that when you're, you know, feeling up for it, you, you go out and try some mead. But um, I don't think I'm going to be a mead drinker either, though. Uh, let's say five out of ten. Five out of ten. All right. That puts the Vikings at our seafaring friends. 59 and a half. So much like the actual Vikings over the past 10 years are right around 50%. So the the Vikings at in the the Vikings in the real world are one tie above 50%. You have them one tie below 50%. Wow. And wow. Uh, that actually makes them the third lowest team that's been scored yet. Wow. So you've got the Jets at 55 and a half, then the Vikings at 59 and a oh, half. Oh, that's surprising. I didn't think it would be so the, low. I, I thought we yeah. were doing well for them. No. I mean, they really, the, the problem is they never really ran up the score anywhere, and they had a lot of uh, what I would say mediocre scores, <laughs> and then, you know, throw in the owner and throw in the uh, the misbehavior, and uh, they're, they're not, they're coming away very well. I mean, the third worst, sub 60, so what's uh, what's the verdict on this? Well, I mean, unfortunately, mediocrity at this point doesn't isn't enough to get you into the Sweet 16. So I think we're going to have to set the Minnesota Vikings adrift on a boat and light it on fire. Yeah, Shoot one uh, of those arrows. <laughs> well, we watch it um, 
recede into the distance. I actually read a, an article that was like, person gets fined for t- doing their own like Viking burial where they just <laughs> had a loved one, push them off into the lake and set them on fire. And it was like, you know, various health code and like all sorts of violations. But they did. Yeah, it. burning a body on, on a raft <laughs> it does not seem like a good idea. Yeah. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to follow up and see whatever the punishment was for that. But there you go. They're dead. The poll question is, who wins in a fight? A Viking or a Buccaneer? Do you want to throw anybody else in there? What other teams have we talked about that are... No, no, no. It's a Viking or Buccaneer. Yeah. Boom. Um, and... Dan, how do people email us? We didn't talk about that. Oh, yeah. So, should we... Talk about the secret lounge, or they are they need to know by now. We can talk about it, but we're not giving we're not telling people how that's to it. get to it. So that's if you the, if if you are a super fan and you want to get to the secret lounge and you don't know how, it means that you're not that you haven't listened to enough of our back back catalog. Go yeah. listen to more episodes. Yeah, I'll give you a hint. Go listen to the last few episodes. Yeah, and then you can get to our secret lounge. And then there you can answer the poll question: Who wins in a fight, a Viking or a Buccaneer? And you can use a special priority email address. Both of our emailers this week used the priority address, and that's why they got priority treatment. But if you're not a super fan, that's great too. You can still come to our website. And Go email to joepixpod.com, email us with our normal NFL at joepixpod.com email. And for all our non super fans, just by emailing us, you'll automatically become a super fan, and I'll tell you how to get into the secret lounge. So just Ooh, throw that out there for you. Yeah. So there you go. Everybody do that. JoePixPod.com. If for our VIP members, go to the Secret Lounge, put in your voting. You know, the voting last week was pretty tepid. So come on. It was, it was pretty mediocre. So come on, guys. Go there. Get the, get the votes. And there's a very interesting one. Uh, so that's great. And then the Dan, pretty exciting part. Our favorite part. I know. This is it's been so long since we've done this. I'm excited. We've done 18 teams, so there are only 14 teams left. I don't even know if there are any, what, who could possibly be left, but here we go. I think we got a lot of the dregs left, I'll be honest. I put them in the randomizer. Wow. The two next teams we are doing, oh my goodness, the Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Wow. That's a pretty wow. iconic team. I mean, Not both are dregs. iconic. Not the dregs Not at the all. Dregs. Although the 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 dregs quotient of the remaining teams has now really gone way up (laughs) we may just have to round up the last 10 and do a (laughs) rapid fire (laughs) single episode all right wow good job that's exciting dan i can't wait i can't wait and let's do it as a double header let's get them both done at once so people should email us thoughts about the colts thoughts about the steelers I mean, about, if you if you don't have a thought about either the Colts or the Steelers, you're you're dead inside, and you're not a true NFL fan because those are teams. You should. I mean, Joe, your favorite, the player that you go into every draft and say, as long as I come away with this player, it's a successful draft. Plays for one of these teams. Absolutely. All right.